Let's open our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah 15, this opening passage of Scripture, I hope that we all can lay hold of. It's primarily a ministerial passage because it's Jeremiah in an Elijah-like funk, discouraged because he had a ministry that no one really wanted to hear. He had a ministry that the Lord had already told him no one was really going to obey. He had a ministry that was describing the overthrow and destruction of Jerusalem and Judah by Nebuchadnezzar the Babylonian, and that there would be precious few that would listen to his warning cries and all the prophecies that he had to give against them, and he'd be alone. And he was told that at the front end of his ministry, but there are times in the lives of God's faithful men where they lose sight of what God had told them, and they get a little discouraged. And there are some statements in this chapter that would even frighten you if you were to read them and think about them, that a prophet could actually say about God. But he still maintained his integrity, and he didn't give up, and he didn't quit. And though he might have been cast down, he wasn't destroyed. I'm going to read three verses out of it. The first ten verses of Jeremiah 15 of the Lord, just blasting Judah with what he's going to do to them. He is so angry at his people that he says in the first verse that even if Moses and Samuel who in previous generations had been sufficient to defer his anger from the whole nation, even if they were both there, they wouldn't be enough because he was going to judge. And it comes down to verse 10, and Jeremiah starts to whine a little bit. And then the Lord gives him some reassurance. And I want to read verses 15 through 17, where he restates his commitment to the Lord and states his love of his word. And it is my commitment. I don't care who wants to believe it, who wants to practice it. I'll serve as well as I'm able. Most don't want to. I'm told that in the Bible, just like Jeremiah was told. We live in the perilous times, the last days, where most are going to be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They're going to have a form of godliness. They may even come in and sit here, but it doesn't mean anything. It's what kind of a passion do they have in their souls for the Word of God and for God Himself and for the people of God. Three verses. Verses 15 through 17. This is Jeremiah, downcast, but still affirming his commitment. O Lord, Thou knowest. Remember me, and visit me, and revenge me of my persecutors. Take me not away, in thy long suffering, know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Amen. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand, for thou hast filled me with indignation. Jeremiah wasn't indignant. The rest of the nation was indignant against Jeremiah. He was filled with indignation because everyone was rebuking him, persecuting him, hating him, 
because of the message that he had from the Lord. But it was the Lord's hand upon him, and he would not participate in all the false worship that was going on in Jerusalem at that time. He found his joy and his rejoicing in the words of the Lord that had been given to him to preach in verse 16. And he said, I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. When another nation violates one of our embassies, it is the equivalent of violating our own territory and property. When another nation humiliates, hurts, harms, kills one of our ambassadors, it is a crime against our nation because that ambassador or that embassy where he has his office is our property and considered part of our sovereign territory. Jeremiah was the Lord's anointed. And so he, he says in the last part of verse 16, I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. All I am is your mouthpiece. All I am is to declare what you have given me. And he appeals to the Lord in verse 15, O Lord, thou knowest. You know both sides. You know how the battle lines have been drawn. Revenge me of my persecutors. Don't take me away. Be long-suffering toward me. Know that it's because of thee that I'm suffering rebuke. But verse 16 is what I want. We have the precious word of God. How do you, how do we describe it? How do we compare it to anything else in life? Do we take all the rest of the books that have been written since the beginning of time and put them together and somehow by infinite wisdom summarize from them any wisdom that they have? We find that it is infinitely infinitely inferior to the one book you hold in your laps. This is the word of the living God. Nothing else compares. And the way that we ought to approach its preaching today should be with great sobriety, gravity, passion, and a desire to be hung, to hunger and to be filled with righteousness from His word. There's no comparison. I'm thankful to have it. I'm the least of all His servants. But I will serve Him. And I will declare boldly, what He has given us in His Word. This is a day that we'll never have again. This was a week that you'll never have again. And if you wasted it on any other pursuit and did not keep a proper place for God's Word in it, you're very foolish, and you will give an account for it, and I will give an account for it. I've reaffirmed my commitment to the Lord this week. I don't care who wants to believe it. I don't care who does and who doesn't. I'll do my best to move as many as I can, but I'm not moving from it. Let all forsake the Word of God. I love it. It is truth from heaven above, and I'm so thankful for it. And I want to be good ground myself as I preach to myself today while I preach to you. Good ground is a choice that you make. It is not a choice that God makes. God does not make you good ground. God brought you a preacher. God gave you His Word. God regenerated you. And now it's a choice that you're going to make. You're going to be a wayside hearer that cannot focus and concentrate and review. You're going to be a stony ground hearer that's a weak little sissy. You're going to be a greedy, covetous man that gets all excited about the little soap bubbles of this world. Or you're going to be someone that hungers and craves the Word of God. And it's a choice we all have to make right now. Let's ask the Lord to help us in that choice and to strengthen us as we make it toward His Word. Holy Father in heaven, Thou knowest the hearts of all men. 
And Heavenly Father, it is not enough that we might have warm thoughts of being in your house on Sunday mornings. We want something far beyond that. Heavenly Father, we want a hungering, craving desire in our hearts and in our minds for the words of the living God. O Lord, feed us this day your precious word. Fill us, Heavenly Father, with desire for it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Open our eyes and our ears and our understanding that we will lay hold of it, that we will retain it, that we will tie it on our fingers, that we will not forsake it, that we will remember it, that we will prove all things and hold fast that which is good, that we will review it and that we will apply it as we should. O Father in heaven, I thank Thee for Thy precious Word. I thank Thee that You have not left us without a light in this dark place. I thank Thee that the words of the living God penned down by 40 writers are more sure than Your voice from heaven in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, Moses, and Elijah. We are blessed abundantly. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that You inspired men to write it And you guided men to preserve it. And so we have your inspired, preserved scriptures this day to read in our own language, so easily obtained and quite simply understood in so many of its passages. The problem, O Lord, is in our foolish hearts. We get so distracted by the things of this life. Save us by your mighty power. Hedge us about, O Lord, lest we wander out of the way of understanding into the ditches, the morass, and the swamps of this world, into the congregation of the dead. Let us be alive with fervent desire toward Thy Word. Heavenly Father, by the Holy Spirit, convict us this day, lest we be wayside hearers, where the devil snatches away the Word before it brings forth any joy or fruit. Let us not be stony ground or thorny ground hearers, that either have no root, Or, Heavenly Father, they're choked out by the cares of this life. Let us put first things first and seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, according to the manner. And that is according to your word. Heavenly Father, forgive us for every day, month, year, decade of our lives where your word has not had its proper place in our lives. Forgive us through the Lord Jesus Christ our great Savior, and bless us now that we will approach your holy presence and the opening and the reading and the giving of the sense of your word with holy awe and great desire to learn and to go from this place pleasing thee more perfectly. Heavenly Father, for all your saints in every place, every church, every pastor, every servant, we pray for them this day that call upon your name in sincerity and in truth. Protect our nation and preserve it, O Lord, in spite of itself and in spite of its wickedness, that we, your people, and our children and our children's children might continue to worship thee in spirit and in truth, according to our consciences directed by the candle of the Lord into your word. Heavenly Father, be with those that are sick, be with those that are away from us, and we pray your blessing upon them. But now grant us your presence, for without it 
we can do nothing. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.